Um, good morning, brethren. First of all, I just want to praise and thank the Lord again for this beautiful morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, thank you, thank the Lord for all the blessings that he has given us so far uh, today, starting with our Sunday school. We have a very Sunday school. We have a very good uh, discussion in our Sunday school this morning in the men's group. So we thank the Lord for that. Thank you for the choir for singing. That's a powerful song. Uh, Pastor Abel, maybe you can send that to Pam. <laughs> we would sing that if you would. If you would, uh, we would sing that in the church. We'd love to teach that to the choir. It's a good song, good message. I think if we would just uh, really put the message of the song of the choir in our hearts, it will fix a lot of things in us. It would, uh, first and foremost, it would fix our priorities. And um, thank you also for the special music. God makes no mistake. His way is best. Um, there are times that we do not understand and sometimes we, we do question God. Do you do that? I do. I do. You know, it's, it's not necessarily wrong to question God. Because sometimes you ask God, not because, not because you doubt, you're doubting His power, or you're doubting His ability, or you're, doubt, you're doubt, doubting Him being your God. Sometimes you question God because you do not understand. Because you wanted to know. You wanted to know how to serve Him best in different situations of life you know if you would um, I, I think all of most of the missionaries have asked this before why do i have to leave my family why do i why do i have to leave the field and uh, you know but um again it's comforting to know that god's way is best so thank you for singing that and again pastor sam thank you very much for I feel honored that you gave me your time to preach this morning. Uh, I think I have, I have a little more time. I I have a little, I have few more minutes now. So let's let's start the the message. I prepared the full message again for uh, for this morning. And again, thank you for the brethren that has been so kind to me since uh, day one. Then since I came here to the states, thank you for the Bernal family. Uh, thank you for treating me as one of your own. And uh, salamat po. Maraming maraming salamat. Ano? I've, been, uh, I've been almost uh, almost three weeks na po ako doon. But uh, thank you very much for, um, for your love, for your care. Uh, not just to me, but to all the missionaries that um, comes to your church. So let's open our Bibles in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 15. This is my... Favorite Bible story. Do you have a favorite Bible story? Yeah, this is mine. This is my favorite Bible story. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, down through verse 22. Luke chapter 15, verse 11, down through verse 22. And if you found your place, um, 
Please stand with me if you're able. And uh, let's read. Let's do a responsive reading. I will read verse 11. You read verse 12 until we get into the last verse, verse 22. The Bible says in verse 11, Luke chapter, Luke chapter, I should say 15. Sorry, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 15. Yeah. Verse 11, down through verse 22. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to and to spare, and I perish with hunger. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Shall we pray? Our dear gracious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all the blessings so far of today. Thank you for the Sunday school. Thank you for the message of the song of the choir. Thank you for the special music. Thank you for this church, and Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to once again study thy word. Lord, I pray that you help me. You know I am limited, so I would totally depend on you to convey the message that you have prepared for us. And I pray that you help the listeners. I pray that you work in our hearts. Oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, we need you. I pray that you have your own way. And Lord, get all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. And um, for all those that uh, I don't usually put a title in my message, but if for those that are taking notes, you can just put home. Home. So this morning I wanted to preach on the topic of revival. Revival. You may be thinking that you are too far away from God to have revival. And uh, the question is, is it possible? Is it still possible for us to see revival in our generation? In our Bible study, we're talking about generation, the generation when Christ was still doing his earthly ministry, 
and then the idea was brought up about our generation today. But uh, again, the question is, is it still possible for us to see revival in our generation with uh, the great influence of Satan in our community and with all the toys and materialism that the world has to offer us and considering the weakness and the, uh, the weakness of our faith and, an, uh, and of our resolve in resisting temptations, is it still possible to have a revival? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It seems to be, this, it seems to be that this is our generation now. Things are getting worse and worse. Everyone is deceived by the enemy. And of course, there's a, lot of be, there's a lot of people being used by the devil to deceive people. The world, the character and morality of men will become worse and worse. That's what this verse is saying. So if this is what the Bible says, is revival is still possible? Is it still possible? Well, the answer is still yes. And that is why it says in verse 14, But continue thou, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. It says here, continue thou. We have to continue in our service and, in con and continue in our Christian faith, though the world is not getting any better. I have mentioned this in uh, the Bible study last Friday, not because, because even though the world... Not because the world gets uh, worse and worse. It doesn't mean that the power of God and the grace of God is getting weaker and smaller. No, it doesn't mean that. So, revival is still possible. Even though the world is getting worse and worse. And even among Christians, even Christians are getting worse and worse. Revival is still possible. The Bible says, remember... When sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Revival is still possible in your life, in my life, in our lives as a church. Now we can summarize the story of the youngest son here into three parts. Sick of home, homesick, and then home. Sick of home, homesick, and then home. You can summarize his life. The, the story of this young man. Now, revival, revival. Revival involves returning and then revival. It involves returning and then revival. Now, re consider this. Why would God give us a revival? Why would give you a revival, personal revival, and collective revival as a church? Why would give us a revival if we are not even interested in Him? Why would he do that? Why would God visit us if we are not even interested in him? So when, it's, when, it's, when we talk about revival, it involves returning first and then comes revival. Uh, it's the same with what happened with, uh, with, uh, with this uh, younger son. Now my definition of revival is bringing back to its former glory. Bringing back to its former glory. Uh, now this is me. I am not pushing this to you. But to me, revival is not for the world. Would you believe that? Revival is not for the world. It's for God's people. Revival is for God's people. There's a big difference between revival and evangelism. You just had evangelism. 
Now, that's different from revival. Evangelism is a fruit of revival. As, uh, uh, Vance Havner said, a revival is falling in love with Jesus Christ all over again. That's what he said, falling in love with Jesus Christ all over again. And when our love for Christ becomes right, our love for many things will become right as well. It will fall in line. We will once again have a sincere love towards the souls of men. That's evangelism. That's a fruit of revival. We will once again have a burning love for the work of God. We will once again have a love for prayer and for the word of God on a personal basis and on a daily basis. We will once again have a love toward God, towards God, towards the people that works in the ministry at any kind and especially our pastor. Now, let me just insert this. Do you want your pastor to properly do his job in terms, uh, in terms of guiding you closer to God? Do you want that? Then let him be a part of your life. That's how it works. As pastors, we cannot do our job if you would block us in your life. Yeah, that's the truth. We can only care for you as much as you allow us to. We can only do much so much. can only do so much for you as much as, again, you as much as you allow us to. Now, it's not that it's not that Pastor Sam is asking, but let me ask you this: When was the last time that you take your pastor and his family out for dinner? When? Can you still remember? Kasi ang galing yung maglabas ng mga missionaries eh. That's true. Diba? Mm. In my two weeks of stay here, I've, I've, al I, I alre I, I've already been in several places. Yeah. But your pastor is with you all, every day. I, I mean, every week he's here. When was the last time that you... I, again... I'm not saying they're asking for this. Okay? Ako lang po ito. Ako sisihin nyo. Sir Sam, it's not you. It's me. Huh? Okay. But again, when was the last time that you invited your pastor and his family uh, for dinner? Let's, not necessarily outside, but in your home. Diba? When was the last? Do you know that there is a blessing in taking care of the man of God? You open your Bible, you read 2 Kings chapter 4, and you would learn that there's a blessing in taking care of God's, the, the man of God. Yeah. Now, let's go back to our study. Baka maging ano to eh. Maging, maging pagpapastor na pag-aaral. Ano? Um, well, <laughs> let's go back. Luke chapter 15. All right, let's go back to Luke chapter 15. Verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided, he divided unto him his living. There were two sons, and they are living a comfortable life. They have, good, they, they have a good life. They have a good, they have a loving and responsible father. You would agree with me, right? They have a good father. They have loving father, responsible father, and no, no doubt about that, and they have a good life. That's the story here. They have a good life. Until one day, until one day, the youngest talked to his father, and he said, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. 
Are you the youngest who's the youngest here among siblings? Ako po, yung youngest ako eh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but uh, again, um, I'm asking because this is the most painful words uttered by this son to his father. Opo. Let me explain. This is painful. This is sharp. Opo. Sobrang, sobrang sakit nito. Uh, if you were the father, this is too painful. If you would consider the custom during this time, you only get your inheritance when the parents die. Is it the same? Is it is it the same here in, in America? Yes. You only get your inheritance when your parents died. But in this point, he was asking his inheritance already. Can you now recognize how, how painful is this? It's a um, it's like it's like it's like the son was telling his father, I want you dead. Give me give me my portion, give me my inheritance. Bigay mo na man ako. Sad for my son. Wala siya makuha sa akin. Too sad for my son. He'll get nothing. All right. Um, the good looks, that's all I can give you. <laughs> Let's go back. Um, imagine this the father would divide the inheritance. And of course, they got livestock, they got fatted calves. He would not send that with, the, with his son, right? He would, not, he would not send the livestock. He would not send the bags of grains in, the, in their barn. And he would not do that. He will not send the expensive ano ba yun, tela, yung mga fabrics for, ano, for clothing. He would not send that. That would be too much for his boy to carry. So what the father is going to do here is he will start selling them. So he sold everything. He sold everything, and it took a while for him to, uh, to sell everything. The hard part is the question every time he sold his stuff. That's the hard part. When he was selling the fatted calves, yung mga buy, the buyers would ask him, where are you going to use this money? Because they're prominent people. They are known in the land. They're rich. And, and, uh, and people know that they don't need money. And, and, and now, suddenly, he was selling half, half of his cattle, half of the fabrics, half of, half of everything. He was selling them. So the people are, the people are, are wondering, where are you going to use this money? Can you imagine how painful that question is? Because the question, the answer to that question is, my son wants me dead. He wants his inheritance. That was too painful, mga kapatid, ano? So, um, uh, that's the hard part. So, there is no doubt that all the father wants that, that all the father wants is to love his kids. Dito po says in this story and give them a good life. And the youngest son is the first one to turn his back from his father and to ruin this good relationship. He was the first one. The relationship between father and son, that good relationship was first broken by the youngest son. So let me say that there is nothing our heavenly father wants for us than to love us and give us a good Christian life. And let me say God never intended, God never wanted that our relationship with him, with him ruined. It has always been us who walks away from God. Always. It has always been us. 
Now, I don't know. We don't know what, what urged him to do it, the, youngest, the younger son. Perhaps he is tired of rules. He wants to live a free life. But can I say that rules are a necessary part of life? Yes. Just imagine that there are no traffic rules. Pag uwi natin, I, I'm sure we would meet an accident going home. Ano? Um, it will be chaotic, accidents here and there. Rules is a necessary part of life. So let me say, church, especially to the young people, to the youth. In the church, there are rules. Every church have a rule, right? Let me say, the rules of this church are not meant to break you. It is meant to protect you. Yes, it's necessary part of life. Now, verse 13, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. <coughs> this is simply explaining that the son lived an uncontrollable life and obviously ruined his life. This far country, uh, is not, this is not geographically. This is not geographically because the son managed to walk, walk his way home, right? So this is not, it pictures the distance of a man to his father. That's what it pictures. Just like the distance that we have created on ourselves and to our heavenly Father. Living away and apart from the will of God is like, is like this, living in a far country. Living away from the will of God is what, the, what uh, this meant. You know? Living in this far country. Christians go to a far country, far from the will of God, far from the protection of God. Far from the blessings of God, when you leave the will of God, that's what, that's what you are doing. You are living the blessings, you are living the protection, you are living the will, and eventually you would ruin your life. That's what will happen. Now, when he took his journey, the good relationship has been broken. And if we would notice in our relationship with God the Father and, and as his son, God has done his part. Always. Always, lagi niya pong ginagawa yung part niya sa atin. There is no single time that the Lord initiates the destruction of our relationship with Him. Kaya nga napaka-importante, the song earlier, it's, it's, it's really important, ano? It's really important to be put uh, into, into practice. Yung claiming and acting upon the truth that God makes no mistakes and His ways is best. Now, um, it is always the Christian who walks away from God. And then verse 14, let me hurry, I have 10 minutes. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And when he had spent all, imagine that, half of the riches, he spent them all, everything. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He began to be in want. Now let me say, that sin is a liar. Sin is a liar. Sin never keeps its promise. Never. The son thought he would be happy. That's why he left. He thought there's greater happiness in the world than in the father's house. So he left his house. He left, he left home. The son thought he would be happy. He was partially right, actually. Uh, because because um, um, he got happy, but uh, I mean, 
sin never offers never-ending happiness. So he was he was partially right. He got he got uh, he got happy uh, temporarily. The impression that sin will give you is is a, a, the impression that sin will give give to you is that it is satisfying and unending happiness in the world. And once you're hooked, once you're hooked in the world, then it will abandon you together with its promise. Just like the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, the pleasure of sin is only for a season. It's but for a season. And then in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that, far, of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now let me say, when you get out of a closer relationship with God, you will begin doing things that you don't normally do. That's what happened to him. Naging servant siya. He became a servant. And his job is feeding swine. Yung mga baboy, ano, yung naging trabaho niya. Which he don't, he, he don't normally do. Ano? He went and joined. He joined himself. That's what the world is trying to do to us. It is transforming us into a worldly and carnal lifestyle. That's what the world wants. So that's what he did. He joined himself. And that's always been the intention of the world towards us to conform us into worldliness, into carnality. And uh, we could see here also the contrast between having a good relationship with God and not having a good relationship with God. See, when he was, when he was home, uh, he's living in fullness. And then when he was away from home and joined himself uh, with the citizen of that country, he was in famine. In home, he was, there's fullness in home, at home. And then um, outside the will of God, there was, there was famine. So, of course, fullness pictures the blessings of God. And famine, it pictures the hardships and the hardship and being always in one. So, that's what happened to him. If, if you would consider, mga kapatid, um, verse 16, And he would faint and fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Swine, when we talk about swine, it is one of the most unclean animals in the eyes of the Jews during that time. Super unclean po yan. Ano? Swine. Para sa mga Hudyo, it's, it's unclean um, during that time. That became his job. That became his job. Feeding the swine, taking care of the swine. He was sleeping where the swine sleeps, and the worst, he ate what the swine eats. That's the worst, mga kapatid. Ano? And uh, I said this in our church, in Tagalog, English nyo lang po ah. In Tagalog, I, I told our church, if you compromise, if you get away from the will of God and you start conforming into worldliness and carnal lifestyle, sabi ko, kagaya nitong batang ito, bababuyin ka ng kasalanan. That's what happened to him. He sleeps with the swine. He ate what the swine eat. That's what happened to him. Talagang binaboy siya ng kasalanan, eh, di ba? Outside the will of God. When you are outside the will of God, you are outside the protection of God. Alright? Now, uh, in, uh, makikita po nandito, again, swine is the one of the most unclean animal in the eyes of the Jews during that time. And that became his job. And 
Brothers and sisters, do not be deceived by Satan. Do not de be deceived by sin. Uh, sabi nga ng mga preachers, sin will take you far. Sin will take you as far as you wanted to go. That's what sin will do to us. Now, in his father's house, he eats the best food in his time. But in the far country, he eats yung tetaog the husk. Do you know what husk is? Ito po yung ano eh. Let's say, ano bang mga grain dito? In the Philippines, palay, rice. In the Philippines, rice. When you peel the rice, you get the white part. Diba? That's the meat. Uh, that's what we cook. And that's what we eat. Tapos yung, yung skin, what we call ipa in the Philippines, the skin, the peel, ano? the shell. Yes. Um, thank you for helping me out. Yung shell, that's, uh, that's yung husk, yung yun. Can you imagine this? When the boy was in his father's house, the table is always full. Fullness. That's what he experienced. And in that far country, he was eating husk. Yes, at least he was eating, but look at what he is eating. He's eating shells. Yung peel, ano? yung skin. And you know what? He was feeding on empty. Kasi yung husk na yun, that's empty. He was feeding on empty. And that's what the world will do to you. You thought you're nourishing yourself, but you're actually feeding on empty. That's what, uh, that's what happened to him. You know? So in his father's house, he eats the best food in his time, but in the far country, that's what he eats. You know? He became, and of course, there's no nourishment. And the, the, the result of that, he will be unrecognizable. Maging payatot siya. He turned skinny. That's what, happened to, that's what happened to him. He became unrecognizable and probably, not probably, I'm sure, he's dirty, he's smelly, and he's skinny. And there are Christians that get far away from God. And, uh, and if we would look at them now, marami po nito, there's a lot of this in the Philippines by experience, in our church alone, ano? There are a lot of Christian that gets, Christians that get, gets far away from God and now you can even recognize the Christ that's in their hearts. You can even recognize them now, physically and inwardly, uh, clothes, words, actions, you can't even recognize them anymore, that they are Christians. Because that's what the world will do to us if we would uh, go or uh, uh, if we would leave home the will of God. And verse 17, verse 17, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. One of my favorite phrases in this passage, He came to himself. Finally, he came to himself. That's one of my favorite phrases here in this passage. He's now starting to get homesick. A while ago, he was sick of home, and now he's homesick. Um, uh, he, he came to himself. He now wants to return home to his father. Let me ask you, are you in the will of God? Or are you out of the will of God? Don't you miss home? Don't you miss living within the blessings of God? Don't you miss living within the will of God? 
One of his realizations here is there's no place like home. It's always true. It's an old cliche, but it's always true. There's no place like home. There's no place like Bergen Bible Baptist Church. Opo. And it goes the same way with me. There's no place like Amazing Grace Baptist Church. That's home. You can be you when you're, at, when you're home. Now, um, I once heard a preacher said, when you really experience the presence of God, you would not want to leave that place. You would give up the world uh, you would give up the world of, you would give up the world for it when you experience really experience the presence of God. I was watching a movie about an army of, of Norsemen um, in their conquest of whole Norway. Now men and women fought before, right? Pati mga babae. Even now there's uh, women soldiers, right? So it's even be, it's, it's the same before. So men and women fought. Men are called warriors, and the women are called shield maidens. That's what they're called, shield maiden. Uh, the men are called warriors, and then the women are called shield maiden. Now, let, to make the long story short, they have won the battle. They have won the battle, but the king lost his wife. And his wife was a shield maiden. She lo he lost his, the king lost his wife and their unborn child. He then said, he then said, this is a movie. I don't know how true is this. But he said in that movie, I have gained the world, but I lost my family. And he said, now the world means nothing. I mean, I have gained the world, but I lost my family. Now the world means nothing. Brethren, church, let me say that that is what's going to happen to us when we leave the Father's house. You may gain the world, but you will lose what's really meaningful into eternity. Now, he came to realization, this boy, that he is the son of his father. When he came to realize that, he realized he doesn't have, he doesn't need to starve. Because he's the son of his father. And let me say, we need to come to realization that we are God's children. You are God's children. When we are, when, when uh, I mean, we are God's children and when are Christians ever going to realize that, that you don't have to stay defeated? You don't have to, to, to stay far away from the blessing of God. You don't have to be a servant to sin. I hope and pray that just like this young man, this boy, we would come to realize that. We would come into a realization. He came to himself and then, verse 18, let's uh, move past. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He finally decided, he came to himself and then finally decided it's enough. It's enough. And church, we need to decide today. We need to decide now that it is enough. We need to, say to, we need to tell Satan, Satan, you have used me long enough and it has to end. It's enough. So that's what, the, what's that, what, that's what this boy realized. 
And, and, and he said, I will say unto, my, unto him, and I, I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. After he, he realized that, he admits, uh, he admits that he has sinned. So let's do that. Let's realize how far we are from God and let's be humble. Uh, let's come before God in humility. Let's admit that we are wrong. And then in verse 19, And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Alam nyo po ba, do you know what the boy, the boy was doing here? Verse 18 and 19. He was memorizing. He was memorizing his lines. Opo. Ito sabi niya, he was trying to memorize this. Father, I have seen against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Do you still remember when we were younger? When we made, when we make mistake, di ba? And we know, mapapagalita tayo ng nanay at tatay, di ba? Our mother and father will get us for committing that mistake. And before they come, di ba? You try to memorize. You're trying to come up with lines that would, uh, that would pacify their anger, di ba? We were, we were memorizing when we were younger. That's what the boy was doing here. Uh, on his way, he was trying to memorize his lines. You know? he, was trying to he was trying to um, come up with, a, with a, maybe a speech you know, on uh, what to say to his father. And then verse 20, ano po? verse 18 and 19, that's what's happening. He was memorizing his lines. And there, verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fall in his, fell on his neck and kissed him. The Bible says great way off. He was still far away. He was still great way off. His father saw him and the father ran. You know, I have read the Bible several times. Over and over, I have never seen the father this much excited. As excited as this. That in so much excitement, he ran. And do you know what, what's the reason why he was running? Because his son is coming back. Let me say, God does not define you by your mistake. Ikaw lang yun. Ikaw lang nagja-judge sa sarili mo. But God never does that. He will never define you by your mistake. When you come back to God, He would run to you with open arms, with hugs and kisses. Kasi yun ang nangyari. That's what happened here. Um, he had compassion and run, fell on his neck and kissed him. Um, but again, the excitement of the father towards his returning, um, that he ran, he doesn't care how stinky he was, he, he doesn't care what he has done. Uh, this is only time, I, again, I said this is the only time I see in scriptures that the father is so excited that he ran. And uh, he hugged, he embraced his son, he kissed his son, and his son is probably restraining him. Father, I'm stinky. I'm stinky, I'm dirty, you know. Um, my closer, but the father said, I don't care if you are stinky, I have the best perfume. I don't care if your clothes are dirty, I have the best robe. I don't care if you look skinny and different, I have fatted calves. I know your life, I know your life has been a mess, but still, I don't care because you are still my son. 
Christian, whatever you have done, you are still a child of God. And if you would come to yourself and decide to return, He will come to you. He will run to you with open arms. And uh, Christians, if you would return to God again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. His blood is powerful enough to cleanse you. It doesn't matter how far you have been. God knows your life has been a failure, but if you would return to God, He will still receive you as a child, as His child. And thank God His love and forgiveness cannot be limited by what we have done. And let's finish here. And the son said unto his father, unto him, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. We can see here that the son is seeking his father's mercy. Now, don't get me wrong in this. But I wanted to say that it is not really the preacher or the preaching that will send revival to your heart. It's not. It's not me. It's not even this message. It is the praying. It is the seeking of God's face that will bring us into a place of revival. Kasi kahit ganong karaming i-preach ko sa inyo, if you will not decide to come back to return to God, nothing will happen. It is not the message. It helps. But it's not the message. It's not the preacher that will bring you into the place of revival. It is you. It is your seeking of God's face that will bring you into the place of Revival. So we can also see here that the confession is made, then the forgiveness is rendered. Um, but the father said, verse 22, to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Bigyan ng jacket siya, sabi, di ba? Bigyan ng jacket siya, sabi. Pansiwili rebilyam eh. Sabi, bring forth the best robe. Um, uh, put, and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. I don't have, de- I don't have to detail that, but uh, again, he said, Father, I have seen against heaven in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy servant. Verse 21. And he was not yet done. Remember his speech? Meron pa dapat kasunod yun eh. There's supposed to be some more, di ba? He was supposed to say, make me one of thy hired servants, but his father said, shh, quiet. Let me talk. Bring the best robe. Put a ring on him. He was not yet done with his speech. Maganong Panginoon eh. When you decide to return to God, hindi ka pa nagpipray. You're not even praying. Tumutulo pa lang yung luha mo. Inakap ka na ng Panginoon. That's how compassionate. That's how gracious. That's how loving. That's how forgiving. Our Father is. You know, I was asked one time, one of our church members, he was a he was a he was a college student. He asked me, Pastor, why do you love God so much? This is this was my answer. I said, You know, I have given my best to people. And it still seems that it's not enough. I have given my best to people. And still I'm not enough. Have you experienced that? And you know what I've given to God? Pain. Frustrations. Sabi ko lahat. Um, frustration, pain, lahat ng 
all the wrong things. That's what I've done before God. But the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I have given my best to men, and I was rejected. I have given my worst to God, and He loved me. And then I told him, bakit hindi mo mamahalin yung Diyos? Why would I not love God when He loved me at my worst? But then this is what our Heavenly Father will do to us. He will put us back into fellowship. He will put us back into His blessings. He will put us back into His work. There's a blessing in coming back to God. Is your heart far from God? Is your love for God called? Are you far away from the will of God? May God's word encourage you today to come back home. Come back home. Thank you very much and uh, I pray that uh, the message will, the message has spoken to us and may I call on Pastor Sam.